This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. In Braves country, we are so excited for you to meet our new proud sponsor, Billy Reed. Now, Billy is an award-winning fashion designer who is redefining global style from his home base in the Shoals in Alabama. He is also a diehard baseball fan who grew up cheering on the Braves, and he offers a line of Atlanta-inspired hats, t-shirts, and accessories that embody the soul of our city. Billy and his team craft luxurious, made-in-the-USA shirts, denim, and more, all with a timeless modern style that will have you wearing them again and again. Experience them for yourself at his two Atlanta shops, one in Buckhead and one at White provisions or discover them online at billyreed.com that's billyreed r-e-i-d.com Thank goodness we are back. Welcome back to Behind the Braves, presented by Billy Reed. I'm Ricky Mass from MLB.com. Still virtually alongside Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. And we know it's been a little bit since we've been with you. We, like all of you, have been waiting and hoping for a uh, a resolution to the 2020 baseball season. And thankfully, finally this week, we got one uh, that the season is going to be starting the 23rd or 24th of July. And uh, that we got a 60-game season on tap for your Braves as well as the other 29 teams. And man, I'm just so happy. I don't. I can't. I'm not going to come up with some other greater like adjective to describe it. I'm just. I'm just purely just so happy that we're back and we're talking about baseball and that baseball is coming back. I mean, don't get me wrong. There is that little part of me that still knows we're we're all at the mercy of the pandemic out there and and what's all going on and who knows how that could affect things, but we're back and I'm happy about it. Uh, that's, that's about the simplest way I can put it, Greg. How are you feeling? Um, I woke up <clears throat> fired up this morning and I see you have your kiss shirt on. So, uh, that's, uh, you, you must be feeling really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a happy shirt. It's the American flag themed logo alive in 77. Nice. Yeah. Kids alive in 77 shirt. So that's one thing when, once all this is kind of, once we get back to normal, uh, well, I actually did go out to dinner last night for the first time in in a long time, like a nice dinner. And uh, I had to put on pants, like actual khaki, like normal pants. And I was like, man, I think it's been like three months since I've put on just regular pants. <laughs> with my shirt. So, uh, so it could take me a little time to transition back into like dressing like a, a professional again. Uh, so I'm just holding out as long as I can with still doing these, these things virtually and wearing my kiss t-shirts. Well, you know, I thought about that. I thought, you know what, should I dress like I'm going into the office? And I thought, 
nah. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure my wife is sick of seeing me wearing the same shorts and t-shirt every day. But hey, it's, you know, when you're at home, you want to be comfortable. It's just that now you're comfortable all day long. So, uh, but I, I know that my personality, I need to, um, I, I need a little bit more structure. So that's been a challenge for me to be home. And, and even though I know that, that, uh, this could still continue on. I mean, obviously, they, our, our offices are not exactly open yet, but they'll start to be open here pretty soon. And I'm sure whoever's comfortable coming to the office can. I, I might be one of those first people that go in just because I tend to need a little bit more structure. If not, um, I don't uh, I have a hard time. Or, you know, and it was the same when I was a player. I needed a trainer to work out with in the wintertime because for, for me to do it by myself, I just didn't, I didn't work as hard. It was, it was more difficult for me to motivate myself. And, um, and my wife can definitely attest to that, but I, I had to hire a trainer. So I'm ready for get back in my office where I've got things organized and, and my board where I can write things on. And, and uh, it's, it's definitely been one of the hardest things I've had to do work-wise is to structure my day while at home. Yeah. You know, I've, it took, it was about a month in to what would have been the, the season. Well, let's call it around, I don't know, early May or something like that. I, I just, it took me a little real, while to realize this, but I was kind of in a, not a funk, I don't guess, but it just took me a while. Just nothing, just things just didn't feel right anymore. I knew things were feel different, uh, obviously, just because everything is different right now. But it took me a little while before I finally realized, I'm like, man, that, that, waking up every day during baseball season with a game and then going through my daily routine of either going to Truist Park when it's a home game or getting set up at home for a road game. And I just realized at some point, I'm like, man, I am missing like this, like crazy. I am missing my daily routine of baseball every day. I'm like, it's, I think that's what it was is we, it was getting warmer outside. It was getting closer to summertime and things just didn't feel right. They just weren't natural. I didn't have a baseball game to work and plan around that day. And it, it took me a little while. I'm like, man, I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm just kind of bummed. This is, this sucks. I'm supposed to be working right now. I mean, we're working. We were still doing stuff. We're having all these meetings virtually and everything, but I'm like, this is the Braves should be playing at seven 30 tonight, you know? And it was, That's it's right. Goodness, we're finally getting back to that. From the age of seven, Till now, I've either played baseball during the summer or I've watched baseball during the summer or worked in baseball during the summer. And so this has been very odd, just like everybody has talked about. And uh, But uh, it was great to have Jeff on today. Yeah, Frenchie's on with us today. Yeah, so we're, we're excited about that because he's got – he brings a ton of energy. Obviously, he does a great job broadcasting for us. But he also – you know, he had a great career. You know, he played 12 years – you know, six six parts of six seasons with the Braves. You know, he's kind of known for his defensive prowess, but but uh, he was he was definitely dangerous at the plate. Had a lot of power, and uh, he's just a lot of fun to talk to. He gives a great perspective. If you watch, I uh, know that our fans, uh, you know, watch the games. They like like listening to Chip and Glab and and uh, Frenchie, but he just he brings a really fresh perspective, and uh, he's a lot of fun. He does a great job with the color. Yeah, if you're if you're around my age or, or older, or maybe a little younger, and you were well, I was a I was an adult, so you could have been a kid watching in 2005 when uh, when he came up. But uh, 
that that summer of 2005 when he made his debut and then that second half that he had as a rookie that year and he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated and everything mm. that's one of those teams like it's it's a team doesn't have to win the whole thing to still kind of hold a special place in your sports fandom heart I don't think in that 2005 team the baby Braves with him kind of being he and, and Brian McCann kind of being at the 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 forefront of those baby Braves because there were like almost 20 of them rookies that played on that team collectively throughout the season. Um, but being around watching that team that summer, that was such a fun team. And no matter what, it, what ended up happening for the rest of his career that summer, I think alone uh, will always hold a special fan, a place in, in Braves fans hearts. So, and it's great now that he's, I love that he's become a broadcaster because now, and he's still a very young man. Like he could be, he could be a broadcaster, a fixture in that booth for oh. decades to come if he wants to be. Oh yeah. Well, and then just being a hometown kid growing up here, playing at Parkview and then getting drafted by the Braves. I mean, it's just kind of one of those dream come trues the great stories that, and then now being a broadcaster, like you said, he's young, so he could do it for a long time. And, uh, it's just a great asset to the organization to have people like that involved. And that's one thing I really appreciate the Braves. I think they drafted, they've drafted over the years, they've drafted kids who are local and you don't always see that. Of course, um, maybe harder for the Mets to, to draft people, you know, in Queens a lot, but you know, or, or um, on Long Island, but around here where Georgia is such a Mecca for baseball and, you know, there's they just have picked a lot of kids out of the southeast and especially around in and around Atlanta. And that's that's just great for the fans. And I know it's it's unbelievable for the families. They've got to just be ecstatic and being able to grow up and live and play and work in the in the, your hometown. is just just phenomenal. It really is. And we knew for our first show back after our little hiatus there uh, to have we wanted obviously we wanted to have a, a guest that could kind of look at this this new season this non-traditional season if you will uh from all angles both as a former player and a broadcaster and all that i mean uh, and with personality there's the frenchie is kind of the perfect pick for that i think so mm-hmm. so yeah so, so without further ado let's just get to it we had a great time talking with frenchie this morning and here he is braves broadcaster jeff francoeur Jeff, I appreciate you joining us again on here on Behind the Braves. I know you were you were with us early on when we just started the podcast, I think episode 14. Now we're at the 61, which is uh, pretty exciting. And we've got some great news this week. We're all fired up, especially all my coworkers getting back to the office, working. And I know you've got to be ecstatic. You don't, you don't uh, strike me as the guy to hang out at home with a glass of wine, kicking it on your back porch. No. First off, thanks for having me back, guys. You know, I love listening to y'all. I love the content, but it's cool that I get to come back this week when we get to talk about an upcoming season and not, you know, hypotheticals and this and that. And so for me, I'm I'm super excited. I, I know the the my kids have had a blast having me home. We've been at the beach some, out in the ocean, so they've had an absolute blast. But I will tell you what, it's hit a point a couple of days ago where I looked at my wife. I'm like, I got to go work. I got to do something. I got to. <laughs> I got, and I think she feels the same way. I got to have you out of the house. But I think everybody's looking forward to, to hopefully getting back to a little bit of normalcy. I mean, that, I think that's the big thing. I, it, it, this whole 
deal has been dangerous, but at the same time, you know, I think people have to find a way to, to get to some normalcy, you know, for mental health too, for kids and adults all together. Yeah. Well, that's the one thing we'll never, we won't know anytime soon, the repercussions of all this on other areas and aspects yep. of our, you know, our daily lives. But I'm with you. I mean, we're baseball players. We, we love baseball. We, our jobs are centered around baseball. And when that's taken away, I mean, it's, it's a real gut punch and it's like, what do I do? I mean, we've all tried to stay busy and tried to work, but uh, man, what a breath of fresh air to be able to see schedule coming back and the teams playing and being able to talk. I mean, I was just look watching on Twitter and it's amazing. The content from baseball went from, you know, this much to just exponential from everybody tweeting about what was going to happen. And, I mean, you know, the, what makes baseball great is there's so many different debates and um, about what's going on. And now we're just adding to all these new wrinkles and we want to get into that. But uh, but yeah, we're we're super excited here behind the Braves and because uh, we, we need new stuff to talk about. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. And and, and it is funny because you, you you say, you know, it's like all this negative stuff surrounding baseball. And there's still going to be a few fans that are going to be mad. I get it. You know, look, it was handled bad. I think we can all agree it wasn't to what we wanted. But at the same time, when they announced baseball, I might have saw 1% negative comments to 99 people going, heck, yeah, let's roll, baby. It's time. And so I think that's how we all feel. And I know I was texting with uh, one of the Braves players last night. Um, said he had talked to uh, a lot of the – and, and Luckily, for I think for the Braves, everybody's planning on playing. No one's planning on sitting out. I think that's fantastic. That's and as you said, we're baseball players. And it's like someone asked me the other day, I said, I, I would go out and play. That's just my opinion. I, I would want to be out there. And they're going to take such precautions for these players um, of who they're around at the stadium that, you know, heck, me as a broadcaster, you know, unless – it's a certain game or they, they give a certain amount of time, you know, we're not going to interact with the players. You know, it'll be through a, if we want to interview them, it'll be through a headset through something else. So, you know, they're going to keep these guys well protected. Those planes are going to be sanitized, what, a thousand times before they jump on them. <laughs> and, and the hotels that they stay in, they're probably going to have, you know, the floors blocked off to whatever they're at. So th- these guys will be well taken care of. Yeah, I was wondering. So I've been watching a lot of NASCAR just because they, since they've kind of been one of the first sports back and just kind of seeing how they were doing it. And they've been doing, their broadcasters are doing all of the commentary from a studio in Charlotte, no matter where the races are. So I was just wondering, I've heard rumors, but I didn't know if they have told you guys officially, like, are you going to be broadcasting home games at the ballpark and then away games from studio? Or do you even know how that's going to work yet? Well, we, we're actually, I think, going to find out here in the next three, four days there'll be more of this. But I would, I would imagine everything I've heard that we will broadcast all the games from Truist Park, from the booth up there. So when the Braves are playing New York and at City Field, we'll be up in that booth broadcasting, looking at, you know, an empty stadium at SunTrust Park. But I like that instead of being in the studios when the team's west. At least you're at a ballpark. You have a field. The truck's there. You know, so you got a feel of at least being at a stadium and somewhere you feel comfortable. Now, from everything I've heard, when the playoffs happen, you know, it will change and and, and the broadcasters will travel. And I've heard it's not all – some teams might travel some of the radio guys, I've heard. I haven't heard what the Braves are going to do yet, but there's a certain amount of people, if you've read, that they can, they can put in Tier 2 that have access to the players. 
And if it's three radio people, then they'll be able to go. But I, I don't know what everybody's going to do. But from what I've heard from TV, I think at this point, unless something drastically changes, that we'll call the games from Truist Park. Yeah, I, that's that's kind of the what I I had heard too, and that's that's good. Honestly, for me, I I didn't think if we had a season at all that I'd be able to be at the ballpark at all. And it's kind of like we're hearing some rumors. Well, maybe some press and credential people will be able to be on site at least for home games. Um. And, and again, like you said, I think we're all going to be taking the proper precautions and if whatever we got to do, like if I got to wear a mask all day to, to work at the ballpark, I'm sign me up. That'd be a little harder for you guys in the booth. I think, uh, <laughs> I won't be wearing, I'll wear a mask from the, from my car to the booth. And then when I get in there, uh, yeah. you know, actually, that's why I laughed. I told someone the other day, I played golf with Glav like two weeks ago and we rode in the car together. So I think me and him are good. <laughs> right. uh, you know, who knows what Chip's been doing, so we'll see. <laughs> what do you, all right, so from the player's perspective, what do you think will be the biggest adjustment for them to make? I, I, biggest challenge, biggest adjustment? I think number one, and, and Greg, you can probably hit this too, just if the players are just the players in the clubhouse and it's 2.30 in the afternoon and they're there, the fact that they want them to wear a mask in the clubhouse – it might happen early on, but I can tell you this. Guys aren't going to wear masks for four hours before the game in the clubhouse. And especially if they're being tested as regularly as they say they're going to, I think that's a little overkill. If you want to put it in there, that's fine. I'm sure some people are, you know, could probably say, well, Jeff, this and that. And I understand it. But, you know, at some point, you know, like for me right now, when I go to Publix, I go to Target, I go, I'm putting a mask on. I'm being safe. I wear a mask in there. But when you're around all these guys that you're playing with every day, I think that's going to be something that's going to be a little much. You know, the idea of, of no high fives. If two people touch the balls, that, that's what I've never understood. If everybody's tested and no one has it at that point, that day, if it's quick, what if six people touch the ball? Who cares? If you don't have it, who who cares? So, I don't know. I think there's a lot of things that they're going to have to be lenient with. I think they got to be strict about a lot of stuff, no doubt. But I also think they got to give some leeway on some rules. Yeah, I think it would be interesting. I wouldn't want that job to be the policeman in the court. Oh, heck no. <laughs> heck no. Can you imagine the, the ridicule that person's going to get? Oh, my gosh. And that's what I said. Can you imagine the first teammate that tells another teammate, hey, put your mask on? <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Can you imagine one of the rookies sitting in the corner with a mask on? <laughs> that's what I said. I mean, I think, you know. <laughs> abuse is he going to get? <laughs> crushed. And so that's what I'm saying. I think baseball players especially, they've been cautious. They haven't talked much. But yeah. when they get back to playing, they're going to do what they do. They're going to play yeah. baseball. And that's mm-hmm. and that's what that's what they do. And I, I've said all along, if there's three people test and you're playing on shut it down, mm-hmm. then don't even start the season. Because it's a matter of if, when, not if. Guys test positive. It's going to happen. We, we're seeing it. But at the same time, it's how do you – go from there and how do you keep the other guys safe and continue playing? Yeah, I think you have to have obviously regulations and we're going to put all those in print. They're going to be up in the clubhouse. Guys are going to know, here's what we suggest you do. And, you know, don't shower 10 at a time, shower one, you know, two at a time. But I mean, at some point, just like we may not have fans the first week, but at some point, 
there's going to be fans in the stands, you, you would hope, or you oh, would I, hope I that definitely. as things, the sky doesn't fall down and the world doesn't fall. I mean, I remember when uh, I was so proud of, you know, Governor Kemp, when he came out and said, you know, hey, we're going to be one of the first ones to open up. At some point, that's somebody's got to break the ice. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy Major League Baseball is getting back and going to – even I'm sure they're getting some criticism – just like whoever steps out of their house for the first time is going to get some criticism. You just got to kind of, at some point we got to get on with our lives and I'm excited about the season. Hopefully we'll be able to persevere through this. We'll get a vaccine. Everything will be good. And, uh, but yeah, it is interesting thinking about the dynamic of the players and you can't spit, uh, you can't, you know, do sunflower seeds and no high. I mean, what's Freddie going to do after he gets a hit or a home run? I mean, he's not going to hug anybody. I mean, come on. And that's my point. I think you got to give players lanes. I remember when the soccer league opened up in Europe. I can't remember where it was. Maybe maybe Switzerland or somewhere where a guy scored a goal and the team hugged. And you know they talked about fining the team. You know, and I <laughs> yeah. remember the owner saying, "Hey, I'll pay a fine for every goal we score because it means we're winning <laughs> games." And you know, so I know it's we, we make jokes, we do this, but I do. I think the players are going to be very respectful of what needs to be done, but they're also going to, when they show up, you know what, when they get into a box, they're not thinking about this other stuff. If you're thinking about all that, then you know what, Mm -hmm. you're going to have a tough time playing to begin with. And, you know, I like what they said, people that are high risk that have, you know, someone at home, you know, I I saw a Lakers player, I think one of the basketball players, who has got a six year old son at home. That's got major respiratory illness. Look, I understand him not wanting to play. Totally get it. You're bringing it home to a kid that's not healthy. And if anything I've learned, we've learned from this coronavirus is that it attacks people with weak respiratory systems, weak immune systems. So totally respect that. And if, I'm sure there's going to be a couple guys in baseball that have to make that tough decision. But for everybody else, I think you're going to see it like you said, Greg, they're going to go out. You know, I, I think it was great that you know, state of Georgia opened up, did some things. I know Kemp took a lot of grief. You know, I might never understand the, the bowling alley and tattoo parlors being the first things to open up. But besides that, you know, I, I appreciate that we're getting back out and getting going. And I do believe that there will be fans at SunTrust, or at, sorry, not SunTrust, but Truist Park this year. I do think at some point we'll see fans at Truist Park, maybe 20%, maybe 25 but I think it'll happen. Even just to have a, a couple thousand people in the park would be absolutely be great. at least you get some noise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I so I one of the nice things I saw on Twitter uh, yesterday was um, it was I saw people Braves fans on my timeline. They were arguing about how the lineup should be constructed. And I'm like, all right, well, this feels like we're getting back to normal. People on social media arguing about stuff, and I think I saw you weighing in on this a little bit. So with the the DH coming into play. Who would be uh, – Who? how would you construct the lineup? Who would be it's your – It's easy. It's easy. I don't even know if you need discussion. I'm like, how is Azuna not your DH? I mean, I love him. I played with him in 16 in, in Miami. This guy is one of the most prolific power hitters. You talk about bringing thump to the lineup. But let's call it what it is. His defense isn't the strongest part of his game. And, and I mean, you know, look, I think he's fine to go out there. My point is if you're going to play Adam Duvall – and you're going to play Azuna in the same lineup, how do you even justify, to me, playing one in the outfield and the other DHing? I think it's, it's easy. And it might be different if Marcel was here on a four-year contract and you knew he had to play left field for you for the 
another four years. But he's here for, what, 60 games and hopefully the playoffs this year. So to me, I think, you know, I think you're going to see him DH majority of the time. And I like it because then you give, whether it's Marcakis, whether it's Mark, um, Duvall, then you hit a third with Camargo and Riley. You got a chance to play kind of who's hot. It's 60 games. If you're hitting, you're in the lineup. You know, if you're not, you're going to be on the bench coming off and, and you'll get opportunities. But I think that's the great thing about this Braves team is that we actually have options when you're talking about who, who can play and who hit. You have good options, not, not like, oh, crap, we got to pick one of these guys. It's like, hey, a really good player or two is not going to be starting for the Braves. And I think that is a great place to be. Mm-hmm. Tough place, yeah. tough decisions, but at this end of the day, it's only going to make the team better. I think the team was constructed for a normal season to be a World Series contender. And in this format that we've got now, I look around baseball. Don't get me wrong. There's other teams that have a crazy amount of depth, too. But our team for this type of season, I feel like, is is constructed as well as anybody from the deep, possibly the deepest bullpen in the game. Uh, We're ready for the DH, as we just laid out there. Starting pitching, like if you're going to have a 30-man roster at least starting out and you need a couple extra starting pitchers, well, that's when you've got uh, the Tukies and Kyle Wrights and Bryce Wilsons of the world, uh, King Felix there, which it's like I was talking with somebody the other day and they're like, I just re- realized and remembered this, that we have Cole Hamels and, and King Felix on this team. I'm like, yeah. I know, I know. It's, it's, it's been a couple months, but uh, it's the depth of this team, I think, is, is built to, to win the whole thing. Yeah, and I think Greg will love it. I think the bullpen's finally going to get the love that it needs to get because this is going to be a bullpen season. I mean, I, I was talking to Glab about this the other day. We were saying, you know, starters, they're coming back. Their first four, five, six starts, they're not going up but to 80, 90 pitches at the most. And so I said, you're going to have a chance for Snit to deploy a bullpen every night that's just killer. And so I said, it's going to be a massive advantage for the Braves to be able to have that. There's going to be a lot of teams that might have, say the Mets, Jacob DeGrom, you tell yourself, just grind it out for four or five innings, keep it close, and then he's got to come out of the game and we're getting to the bullpen. Teams that are playing the Braves, they're not going to be able to say, hey, we can't wait to get to that bullpen. So I think (laughs) the bullpen's finally going to get some love. That's right. And um, I've always contended here recently that it's a bullpen league anyway because the starters pitch like bullpen guys. I mean, they only go four or five innings anyway. <clears throat> so if you think about it, what I love about this this format is that they don't have to change the way they pitch, but we have more pitchers. I mean, you can carry more pitchers, and we have the best bullpen, I think, in baseball. I mean, when you look at it from top to bottom, I, I would I would take our bullpen over anybody's. So I, I definitely believe that in this schedule, we definitely have the advantage. And one of the things I want to ask you, Jeff, you know, we, we don't know the exact schedule yet, but we do know that they're talking about 10 games apiece with each of our division rivals. And they're talking about 20 games with the American League East. So based on that, do you think, knowing our lineup and knowing our team, do you think we have the advantage in our division? And as well, as you know, because we do have to play the American League East, which, you know, they're pretty strong. but Based on looking around baseball and then looking inside our division, do you think that that gives us the advantage or or a team like the Phillies? I think it gives us the advantage in the fact that we have good starting pitching and good bullpen. Now, you might have a team like the Mets that might have better starting pitching, but then their bullpen drops way off. You know, And so when you look at the whole pitching staff, 
as a whole. It's like the Nats. The Nats, I mean, Scherzer, Strasburg, but then you go to that bullpen. They were able to win the World Series last year, but they, they didn't have to rely on those fifth, sixth, seventh inning guys during that time, which they will this year. So you look at the teams we're playing. We're going to have 42 out of the 60 games against the Phillies, Nats, Mets, the Rays, Yankees, and Red Sox. So when you look at that, they have good hitting teams too. I love our pitching because I think we can we can you know keep them at bay. And our offense, we know we're going to put runs up at some point. So I do think the Braves have a big advantage. And I love how they actually constructed this 60-game season because, you know, at first with 16 teams, I was worried you're going to have some teams getting in there that might not, to me, deserve it or might be able to make a run. Well, you know what? If the Marlins want to try to sneak in, they're going to have to go through the gauntlet of a schedule. It's mm-hmm. the Pirates, it's the Orioles, if these type teams that people thought they might have a chance – they're going to have to go through a rough schedule too. So I think it's great because I think you're going to see a real team come out. I think the teams that we thought would be in the playoff mix are going to end up being in the playoff mix when it's all said and done. Now, the one caveat I think we can all agree is what if a guy does go down because of COVID or has to come out for two weeks? That's the, that's the, under, the, yeah. you know, the underlying issue. But right. just talent alone, I think the Braves have a great chance to make a run. I really do. I, I'm, my prediction is the Braves and Dodgers and then LCS. I think they're the two best teams in the National League. Yeah, and I guess that brings us to the whole 60-player pool uh, rule, you know, that we're going to have. And I guess we'll have them in Gourmet. Do we foresee – I guess it could be overkill, but then it could not be. I mean, nobody really knows at this point – but we do know that there's going to be a lag if somebody gets sick. They're going to be out until they have two negative tests and then they come back in. So will 60 be enough? I guess we won't. Uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. I, it seems like that would be plenty. Yeah, and I think it's a great opportunity. I, I don't know what the Braves are planning on do, but if I was them, I would pick the 40, 42 guys that I feel like can actually go on the big league field this year. And the other 17, 18 guys, I'm bringing some of my young top prospects up, and I'm letting them practice every day. I'm letting them be, you know, even if they're not at Truist Park and they're at Cool Today Field over in Gwinnett, to get the feeling of, of a big league atmosphere, kind of get the thing, to me that makes perfect sense. You know, bring yeah. bring some of those guys up. And especially if there's an Arizona Fall League, those guys can kind of be preparing now and then boom, go into the Arizona Fall League, you know, come October. So, you know, I think there's a great advantage, but I think you're right. I think 60 is overkill. If someone's using 60 players this year, it's there's a good chance they're not going to be in the playoff race. If anybody does, it'll be uh, what's his name for the Giants, the Phillies coach. Oh, Kapler. Kapler. Kapler might <laughs> have. be bringing him up every day. Kap- Kapler. I can't wait to see how that rolls. There might be, you know how I love, but there might be 80 people on that roster. He can never have to. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Um, I, I think there's a little bit of talk out there like, will this 60 game season be quote unquote legitimate and will there be an asterisk and all that? And I'm, I'm sitting there going like, yeah, it's not a traditional season as we know it to be, but the world, everything around us is not traditional right now. We're having to change how we're doing everything. And I think to have any kind of a season at all amidst all of this is such an accomplishment. And then again, the way it's set up, I think, I don't think we're going to have, Maybe a, 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 a surprise team sneaks in there, but I, again, feel like the best teams are going to rise to the top, even in a 60-game season. So I just 
I guess I'm just bringing it up now because I want to get out in front of it that, like, whoever wins this thing, 60-game season, they are the World Series champion in my eyes. There is nothing that's going to change my mind about that. I agree, Rick. And I think this, there will always be an asterisk for the sole fact of what this year was. Not so much a season, but what the heck happened this year with the country and everybody getting sick. With that being said, like you said, I think you're still going to see the best teams come to the top. And when you go into October and you have Mike Soroka facing Walker Buehler in game one, when you have Cole Hamels and Clayton Kershaw hooking up or Jacob DeGrom, Cole Hamels, no one's going to look back at that point and be like, wow, this isn't a season. They're going to say, holy crap, we got, you know, these teams going at it. So, you know, I think there'll be an asterisk with the fact that it's 60 games and what happened this year. But when those guys get out on the field, and they get 60 games under their belt in the postseason, I'm telling you, there's going to be some exciting baseball. And if anything, you're going to see some great pitching. You're going to see people fresh still with their bats. I actually think you might see some of the best postseason baseball you've seen because guys aren't tired. And so I think it's going to actually be pretty cool because you're going to have guys still throwing gas. You're going to have these position (laughs) players who, let me tell you, their bat speed, is going to basically be what June 1st would be usually. So it's like they're going to be right in the middle of the groove. So it should be fun. Yeah, it's interesting guys like Ender who struggle at the beginning of the year because it's cold weather. You know, some guys are slow starters. Well, now they're coming out the gate in July. (laughs) It's a million degrees. degrees. So got no excuses this year for those guys. But, yeah, I, I agree that, you know, you have, and you know this is a big league hitter, typically the August and September dog days, you don't have that anymore everybody's going to be fresher. So you're going to see a solid uh, season of production, hopefully with, uh, with the players. And I agree with you. I I don't, I don't believe in the asterisk. If so, then the world series that I, that I was a part of, it would be an asterisk too, because we didn't play a full 162 games. And, and uh, you know, so I'm, I don't, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys, but some people believe baseball should have an asterisk anyway, just because of steroids and greenies. And, and you're right. But think about back to 95, <laughs> just because you had a strike throw. You had the Braves and Indians. You talk about talent out on that field. I don't think anybody will disagree. If anything, let's be honest, the Indians probably should have won the World Series. They had the best team in baseball that year. So with that being said, that's why I said – I think the best teams will still rise to the top at the end of the day. I, you know, like you said, I think maybe one team sneaks in as a wild card or something like that. But at the end of the day, I think we're going to have the Yankees. We're going to have the Braves. We're going to have the Dodgers. We're going to have, you know, maybe the Indians or twins coming out of the central, you know, you're going to have the teams that the Astros again, you know, that, that deserve to be in it. I did yeah. see somebody tweet yesterday, and I forgive me, I don't remember who it was, but they said that whoever wins this year will still be more legitimate than uh, the 2017 Astros. But I don't want to go there. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> I didn't say it. So people are saying on Twitter, not me. So just throw hey, it. Hey, I will, I will say this. There's probably one person in baseball right now. Well, there's probably multiple, but at least our organization that's not real happy about the new rules. And that's Fred Stone because he's got to sanitize the baseballs every day. Let me tell you, Fred, Fred is going to work harder in these 60 games than he's worked in 195 oh days God. between spring oh. training and the regular season. I, I actually talked to Fred or texted him about three weeks ago or texted him. That's why I told him, like, dude, you better be in shape. I hope you haven't been drinking all quarantine because I said you're about to go to work. 
not only does he have to rub the baseballs up and get the right mud on there, but now he's got to clean them off at the end and redo it. <laughs> oh, gosh. And I'm going to be texting him all the time. Make sure you sanitize everything when you're in there. <laughs> uh, last question for me. So I live in the battery, and I was my, my girlfriend and I were walking around, had dinner out in the battery the other night, and I noticed the Terrapin Tap Room is open up again. Can I, can I currently get a Frenchie's Blues, uh, or, or are those out yet this summer? Did I miss it? Where are we at with that? Starting actually next week, you can. They are bottling them right now as we speak, uh, so they're in cans. And it was ready to go May 1st. They got the berries. They did all that. But, you know, they wanted to wait closer to baseball season, whenever that was, whenever they started, because it has a shelf life. And obviously, you want to be at the battery. So they're actually bottling them right now. And uh, they're supposed to be out next week down there. And then, of course, in Publix and Kroger's all around the area. So, uh, you know, I'm actually going back to the beach for about 10 days with the family before we kind of start kicking off baseball. So I'm actually going to Athens next week to pick up a bunch and take down to the beach. So uh, it's exciting, man. We're going to have a a lot of good fun with it. And, you know, that's a big thing, too, is that I I think – as cool as it will be to have maybe some fans back in the park, there's still going to be a buzz at the park because people are going to be down at those bars and, and, you know, at the battery. So it's going to be, it's going to be cool. It's going to be different, but there'll still to me be a lot of excitement around the season. And like you said, I think we're all just, if there's anything I've learned from this whole thing, it's, you know, I think we take for granted so many things that we get to do every day and don't even think about it. And I said, you know, it's made me realize, step back and realize, you know, how lucky we are. I mean, my mm-hmm. wife told me that she's like, you haven't turned on the TV if it wasn't a Netflix for like three months. And I'm like, she's right. Besides maybe the Jordan documentary and a couple golf matches, I don't think I've watched TV, you know? And so, I mean, I'm so dependent on sports, you know, and you know, it makes you realize. So I think fans are just going to be happy hopefully July 24th to sit with their families or loved ones, whether it's at the bar, whether it's at in, on their couch and watch baseball, watch your favorite teams play. And I'm, I'm hoping that that can, you know, heal what everybody's going through and, and bring some closure to, to what are, you know, as bad as this year started, I, I'm an optimist. I think y'all know me. I think it has a chance to end up being a great year. I really do. Agree. I, I, I will say that if I can get excited about watching two guys play golf with nobody on the golf course, I'm going to get real excited about it. Absolutely. Team. No <laughs> doubt. I remember the NFL draft, you know, I actually yeah. put the kids to bed early. I went down, I, I had a, a, a Jack and Ginger down in the basement. And I remember sitting there, my wife's like, you would have thought this was a national championship game. I'm like, don't bother <laughs> me. Don't call me, you know, and this was just the NFL draft. I'm like, people yeah. are dying for content and they're dying for sports so hopefully baseball can bring some of that back yeah I just want to watch something that I don't know the outcome of yeah and that's the thing (laughs) you know you know with Fox and everything we kept showing these replays and I'm just not I'm like I know I mean I know I was only 11 but I know everything that happened in the 95 World Series every game everything I've watched it you know, a hundred times. So I'm like, it's just, it was fun seeing the interviews and content back and forth. But like you said, it's so like, at the end of the day, I know what's going to happen. I know David Justice is going deep and I know Glavin's going to dominate, you know? Yeah, that's good. Well, hey, we really appreciate you coming on. We love having you as our color guy for Fox Sports Southeast. And um, we can't wait to hear, you'll probably, you and Chip will have to come up with your own sort of noises and stuff, maybe at the beginning to make up for some of the fans. But 
but we look forward to hearing you call and and uh, appreciate you being there with us today. Yeah, looking forward to seeing y'all down at the field. And hopefully Chip will shave and shower before opening day. I think that's <laughs> the, the big key I told him. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Thanks Our thanks again to Braves broadcaster and Braves uh, alum, Jeff Francoeur, for joining us here. He's always uh, just a treat to be to be around. You know something? I can say this from being around him, like, at the ballpark, like, even in the little break room where we all eat uh, on game days in the press box and everything. He is exactly who he is all the time. He's always on, first of all. He is a ball of energy at all times. Uh but there's no BS or false front with him. He's exactly who you see on the air and who, who you think he is. And uh, very funny. Uh, maybe on the air, he I mean, he probably cleans up a few things like a lot of us do when you <laughs> hammer on, on microphone. But uh, uh, but he's he's a hundred. He's a genuine guy. And man, we're lucky to have him. And just a thanks to him for for hopping on with us on short notice. I know it's it's it's. It's a great asset for us that you have the relationships with these guys that you're able to just text them and, and they're willing to come on, you know, right away. Um, and gosh, this year more, more than ever, we've, we've needed that and we'll need that probably mm. continuing moving forward. So a huge thanks to Jess for coming on and for offering his insight. And I'd, I agree with him on Ozuna as DH, by the way. I'll throw that out there. I think that's the right. Oh, one. yeah. 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 Great call. Jeff's, Jeff's definitely uh, been one of our, um, active alumni that's involved in a lot of things that we do. And of course, you know, he's got a big, busy schedule. Not only does he have young kids, but he's also uh, an integral part of our broadcast team. But then whenever he gets a chance, he always helps out uh, the organization from an alumni perspective. And we really appreciate about them. And I would, I would agree hundred percent. He's very genuine. What you see is what you get. Uh, sometimes that's not always, you may not always, you may not always like that, but, uh, he'll tell you how he feels, but he treats everybody the same way. And, uh, I really appreciated that about him because that's not, uh, always the case with everybody. I mean, some people have agendas, but he, he, he pretty much, um, you know, he's the same guy, you know, day in and day out. And we, we do love that about him. Yeah. And honestly, if you're going to step into that role of being a broadcaster, but then especially his role of being the, the analyst, the other guy, you got to be, I think you got to be willing to stand, like state your, your opinion and your beliefs and stand behind it. And you walk into that role accepting and knowing that not everybody's going to agree with you. And at times you might even ruffle some feathers, but that's just, that's the nature of the role, I think. Or if you're, sure. if you're doing it well, uh, then you're, people are probably going to have opinions about your opinions and that's, that's just part of the gig. And he's, he's perfectly suited for that. So well, like we said at the outset of, of behind the Braves presented by Billy Reed, we're just so excited and so happy to be back and talking about Braves baseball again. Uh, we're working on our next episodes already. We've been working on episodes since we last spoke to you about a month ago. It's just, we've kind of been waiting for the whole, the whole season or the everything to play out and be agreed upon. So I know we're, we've talked about having somebody from the executive team talking about having a, a medical professional to guide us through some of the procedures and protocols that'll be in place once the season starts back up. So we're working, working on a lot of exciting things uh, for, for behind the Braves presented by Billy Reed to coming up. And I, 
Uh, Greg, is there anything in particular with the, all the new twists and everything we have on this season that you're looking forward to seeing? I will admit, for the longest time, I I've, I've been a purist and a traditionalist, and that I did not want the designated hitter in the National League. Over the last few seasons, I've definitely softened on that stance just because I don't think, generally speaking, pitchers hit as well as they used to back when I was a kid, back when you played. Um, so I'm, I'm – and plus with this particular Braves team, I just think the, the roster is so well constructed for a D8 mm-hmm. that I'm kind of excited <laughs> to it. But is there anything in particular that's new that you're excited to see? Well, I guess a couple comments – I was a relief pitcher, so hitting really wasn't a big deal. I never got to hit because I pitched late in the games, and I was always pinch hit for if I came in. It was just for three outs or six outs or nine outs, and very rarely. I think I had 18 at-bats over the course of eight years, so uh, that really wasn't significant to me as a player. I I definitely loved pitching to pitchers because it was just an easy out, right? But a lot of times when I was pitching late in the games, the other teams were pinch hitting too. So it really wasn't – I was always facing a pinch hitter. So I think that the DH is definitely um, – I understand why the Players Association wants it because it it doesn't impact a pitcher's salary, but it impacts another position player's salary so they can add. So I understand why they want it. I, I will say that it does make the game longer. Uh, just notice that if you look at American League games versus National League, not much. I mean, I think they've shown that it's only a, a few minutes, but it just for some reason it seems longer. I don't know why, but uh, but I, I'm 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 not uh, strongly. I don't feel strongly either way, so I'm I'm fine with that. But the thing that I am I, I think is really funny is that when I was coaching and teaching, I did this for about 15 years. We had the Texas tiebreaker rule. And that was in, you know, for my 12-year-old team, you put a man on second base with with two outs or with one out, I can't remember. And, you know, that's how you played extra inning games. And now it's in the stinking big leagues. I mean, <laughs> who would have ever thought that the Texas tiebreaker rule would make it to the big leagues? So uh, I, I love that. It's funny. It does make it – it makes it a little bit more interesting. And uh, so we'll see how that goes. But I just think that's funny because that's something we – it's like some dad made that up back in and when the kids were ten or twelve. Hey, let's let's create the Texas tiebreaker rule. We don't want to play a bunch of extra innings, so let's just put a man on second. And next thing you know, it's going to be last batter out. You know, that's going to be the pinch hitter. You you can't you can't no longer put a guy in who's just a designated pinch runner. It has to be the last batter out. So I'm waiting for that rule to come come about in the big leagues. Well, I don't think we're ever going to have an invisible man on third or second. Or I don't think we'll <laughs> yeah. that point, but yeah, you know what? If there was ever a year to just, hey, let's just try some different things and see see what happens, and maybe some of it we'll find will come to like, and maybe some of it we'll not like, and say, okay, let's not bring that back. But uh, hey, this is the year to do it. Let's just let's see what happens. Hey, here's a good one. When we used to do this with our teams early on so we could teach the hitters to be aggressive is that every hitter walked up to the plate with one strike on them. Oh, wow. I would love that. You're talking about cutting the game a little bit shorter. That would be phenomenal just to stick it to the hitters. I would love to see that. All right, you don't get three strikes anymore. You get one. You get one on you with two left, and let's see how aggressive you'll be. You won't be standing up there walking so much. See now, I wish we'd had. Jeff, I wish Jeff was still with us so that we could get yeah. his, his take on that and see what his his proposal would yeah. be. Speed up the game. Like, all right, I walk up there. I've already got three balls. You know, let's, let's <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, pipe it down the middle. 
That's right. <laughs> Let's go, meat. Throw it down the middle. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, buddy, it feels good to be back. I'm, we're still doing this over Zoom, obviously, but I think hopefully soon we'll be able to uh, record in person and, and do so safely at a safe distance and all that. Uh, the last time we recorded in person was at the outset of of all this happening and we, we were social distancing then. And, um, but it'll be nice to be just back in the same room again here at some point. Yeah, uh, I agree. We're getting there. We're getting there, but Hey, the important thing is baseball is coming back and, uh, we're all really excited about it. So listen, we're, we're excited to be here back today and we're excited to, uh, bring you new episodes for the rest of the season now and, uh, not have to, keep hoping and planning and waiting and all that. It's like now we can, we can go back get back to our regularly scheduled programming of uh, behind the Braves with presented by Billy Reed. So uh, for Greg McMichael, I'm Ricky Mast. We'll see you next time. Hey, Braves country. We just wanted to remind you to rate review and subscribe behind the Braves presented by Billy Reed on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcast, Stitcher, braves.com slash behind the Braves or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.